0: Hello guys, and welcome to the this is actually the one, two, three, Fourth episode of the Hangs podcast, but the second episode that's actually going out for you all to hear uh, This is also the second episode without a guest with just me um, And there's a reason that I've not put um, The episode with Jamal Uh, my first episode with a guest up yet because I think um, I think this episode has to go out um, before anything else Um, first of all I want to thank everybody that has listened to the first episode Um, all the feedback that I've had I'm I'm really grateful, I'm so grateful for, thank you it's amazing that even one of you has listened to it so um i really am grateful for that and like i say the feedback has been incredible um and this episode um actually um ties in to the first episode um unfortunately however um the first episode was all positivity and um good vibes this episode Not so much, Um, this episode is um, a lot more in depth, a lot more um, less positive, Um, but unfortunately this is something that happened and this is something that I feel like I need to address and talk about. Um, I had a dream a few days ago that I did this podcast and ever since it's been all I can think about and how the fuck do I do it how do I address it how you know is there a diplomatic nice way that I can go about it and unfortunately the answer is no there there isn't a nice happy way to go about this because this isn't and hasn't been a nice thing for me to deal with for me to have to live with and this impacted on my life so badly and so dramatically that, unfortunately, you can't make it nice. You can't make it happy because this is real life, and this is the the. This is a a clear example of everybody's, um, everybody's actions have a reaction, and sometimes, it is, it's scary, the reaction and the the, um, fallout from what one person, well, what started out as one person, but of course it leaks down, and anyone that has ever had a problem with me, even people that I thought didn't have a problem with me and were my friends, um, and liked me, had uh, something to say about it, and I posted the evidence, I posted the proof, and I went about this and was like, just stay quiet, you've done all you can do and post the evidence, but this might cause a massive shock to you, it definitely shocked me, um, people were so quick to share the statement and the lies that were posted about me, people not as quick, didn't, uh, refuse to share the evidence and to share the truth. So, unfortunately, this is something that is still weighing over me. This is something that, because people haven't seen the evidence or chose to close their eyes and be a fucking pussy about it, um, people, this is something that still weighs over me. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to talk about it and tell you the truth about what happened. And then, hopefully, I can move on from this. And I can go and continue my career and go and continue what I want to do within the Blackpool scene because unfortunately, without me doing this podcast, I don't, I think there's a massive barrier in my way and that barrier shouldn't be there. That barrier is in the way and that barrier keeps coming up and people keep saying nasty shit about me about a statement that was made filled full of lies, but it's still there. So, here we go. Um... So I did the festival um, and the, the, a couple of weeks after the festival it was very, very hard for me to get back to normal life. The reason behind that was because doing the festival consumed so much of my life and so much of my energy on top of managing and having to try and control um, the artist that I was managing as well. Um, so the fallout from it left me quite Quite at a loss. I didn't really know what to do. I, it was you know I, Where do I go from here? I've just done this massive festival. I've got the cancer art show You know that's something to be excited about but even that got taken away from me and it got taken away in the most um, Disgusting and Irreputable fashion which I'll get into so um, so the festival so let's let's start let's start here so I was working with Ian and the guys at Waterloo on the festival Um, it was me doing all the work but it was kind of a partnership when it came to the weekend we were going to work together um, and we were going to work as a team I constantly and also before I go into this I need to make it very clear that this isn't me shooting shit and creating loads of lies and loads of bullshit and firing out at people everything that I say I have screenshots of messages I have the proof I have everything that I am about to say I can back up with evidence this isn't me making up lies to try and hurt and damage anybody's reputation because of what they did to me this is the truth this is exactly word-for-word word fucking fact and I've got the facts and the evidence the screenshots the emails everything to prove it so um, when it came to booking the headliners I have uh, booked Shapes and Mallory and both of them were through the same um, uh, agency and when I booked them um, both of them came back and said they would need 50% of the deposit um, the month, like the, a month before the festival which I agreed to and said that's absolutely fine um, you know it was quite a big chunk of money and um, I was working out how I was gonna be able to get that money together in order to pay it a month before because I was paying for a lot of the stuff out the ticket sales and the remainder of the money from the ticket sales was going to go to charity on top of that I had um some signed uh, posters back from Mallory Knox which I still have in my drawer which I'm gonna find a way to put out there so I um I have a little bit of money to still send to the charities I've also been putting a little bit of money and it is a little bit of money because I have a new baby now um to one side so I can still give something to charity because I believe that I should still give something to charity and I worked really hard for it the bands worked really hard for it and I I still want to give something it's not going to be a massive amount but I feel like it sh- I, I should send something because if nothing else it's two charities that are for mental health and mental health is a big big thing for me so I, uh, I told Ian that the the, um, the contract was signed and that I was going to have to pay the deposits. And he said, how much are the deposits? Um, I told him, and he was like, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll take care of it. You know, you don't have to worry about it. And I was like, I I, I said, no, 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 you don't have to do that. That's not, you know, that's not part of, um, you know, our... Our team work, our you know our little group you don't have to do that and he was like and word for word he said listen Chris shut the fuck up we'll deal with it we'll sort it that's it move on he wouldn't let me argue he wouldn't let me say I'm going to do this he just said we're going to sort it I said <laughs> okay you know does make life a hell of a lot easier um, but you don't have to and he said we know we don't have to but it's fine you know we can do that um he also um uh, paid for the riders which i i very much put my foot down and said listen you don't have to do that i want to get the riders i want to get that side i want to get the water for the bands to which he said we have our you know whoever we go through the brewery we can get it for cheaper we're going to do it shut the fuck up, we'll do it, and every time he said, we'll do this, I said no, and he just told me to shut up about, oh sorry, Uh, he told me to shut up about it, and they would deal with it, and Ian is a very, very, um, he's, he's a very, he's a character that, if you don't, just accept what he's saying, and if you don't go with it, you're gonna it's gonna lead on to more problems. Um, I'll let me back that up with um, you know a, a a situation that proves that. Um, I booked the Cancer Bats show, um, and I booked Loathe um, as they as a support. When I booked Cancer Bats, there was no tour. This was a one day. Um, Bloodstock warm-up. There was no tour. It was just this show originally. I only found out it was a tour After I'd announced and a couple of months down the line. I got sent an email with the tour This was never meant to be a tour. I never agreed to a tour It was just supposed to be a one-off date and I found out that I booked uh, I booked Canterbats & Love signed, you know the contract and there was a space for one local support i booked a sleep at the helm for that um show because i thought they really deserved it and they um and and they would step up and they would bring people and they would sell tickets and they'd make a massive thing of it as they did for the festival um i went for a meeting with the guys at the waterloo you have right baba go downstairs daddy's just doing something daddy's just doing something shut Do a you can have a cuddle, but you gotta go back downstairs in a second. Um, so, um, two secs. I'm just giving you a cuddle. There you go, bye. Why bye. two? Mm. Yeah, you go downstairs. I'll come play with you after I've done this. Go and look after baby Chester. i I'll come downstairs after I've done this. I promise you. Love you. Love you. Um, sorry, a little cameo from my son there. Um, so I went for a meeting with the Waterloo and told them that I bought this show told them that the day before I had got in touch with Sleeper at home and offered them the uh, opening support swap to which um, I was in the venue and I got told and basically basically forced into putting Avarice on as main support because um, they are the biggest local um band of that genre and they can and in his words absolutely definitely guarantee to bring a decent amount of people because they do every show they play at the waterloo um this uh, was something that also meant so avarice originally was on like second or third on the first day Um, And he kept railroading me and just hammering me to put them higher and higher and higher the bill The higher they go the more people they'll bring so they went from being I think it was second or third um, And I changed them on the lineup which meant getting in touch with bands that I previously talked to and told them their set time moving them down Um, Avarice was going on uh, originally about half six seven o'clock they got they moved down one spot so Dark Cell could go on um, and I got told from Ian once again word for word that they will they will bring at least 60 people because that's how many people they brought to their last show uh, at the Waterloo and that wasn't even nearly as big as this festival um, uh, so i I put them on as high as I could dark cell jumps on last minute like i I explained last week um so they dropped down you know forty five minutes they brought nobody those sixty tickets that I was guaranteed just, they sold they brought nobody um so not only had I been railroaded and just constantly been out to put them higher up the bill and to give them the cancelmat show um. It turned out to be a lie. They didn't bring anybody. The excuse that I got uh, once I inquired about it after the uh, festival had finished was that, um, well, I'd moved them down um, a set time and everybody was having their tea at at that point. Tickets had been on sale and Avarice had been announced 10 months and people were having their tea and their tea... Was more important about coming to support the biggest band in Blackpool on their biggest show. But fair enough, that was my um, that was my fault. I believed uh, somebody, and why would I not? Because I thought we were working together. I thought we were working hand in hand. Um, so I kept uh, being told by Ian time and time again when it comes to the show we run things when it comes on the stage the changeovers getting people on and off that is our job you just sit there and enjoy the show you put your feet back which put your feet up which i kept saying no you know i've done all this work i want to work my festival i'm not here to enjoy it i did enjoy it of course but i i'm not going to sit and put my feet up Obviously they run shows every single day of the week. So when it came to changeovers and putting bangs on and off That's their job. They do that every day. Why would I? Do any you know why would I try and do something half hours that they do? Brilliantly and they did do that side excellently the changeovers were fucking phenomenal Everyone was happy But I kept getting told that when it came to this day just do nothing and I wasn't gonna do that um, so um, I kept getting asked before the day uh, how many tickets were sold how many tickets were sold and the number was quite low two weeks or so before the festival it did grow a little bit but the amount of local bands that were on the festival and the ticket sales didn't add up you know the it it They should have been higher just by the amount of local bands. And that's being said, on the Saturday, I should have had nearly 100 more tickets sold, meaning it would be nearly sold out, because Avarice were higher up. Um, (laughs) I could feel that it was getting a bit tense towards it, but I kept getting told by them, you know, it's fine, we'll have walk-ups, it'll be cool, don't worry about it. I... In the run up to the festival I made myself really ill because and people saw this and I had a lot of people that commented on it because I was really worried about the amount of tickets that were being sold I realized quite late on that I was close to slam dunk was the week before and download was a couple of weeks after but I kept getting told it's going to be fine it'll be okay it'll be all right so the festival the festival came and went obviously um we did decent numbers we did we did all right it wasn't as high as it should have been um there weren't as many tickets sold as there should have been considering the amount of local bands that were on the festival but at that point what could i have physically done more i got it in kerrang you know i worked so hard in promoting that festival from day one from the first announcement and I came to realize that there was nothing more that I could have physically done to promote and push that festival and um, there was a lot that could have been done from all the bands that were playing in order to help promote and push and sell tickets but that wasn't done um, so the festival came and went and um, I was left in the end with uh, the amount of money in my bank from the ticket sales um, um, and the amount that was left from the door money um, to, to pay what I needed to pay. Um, I had to pay envisions on the day, I had to pay for Stephen Hill's um, hotel, I had to pay, pay for <clears throat> loads of bits and bats throughout the day. And so I was left with what I was left with. Um, I then got a message um, about four days, five days later from Ian, which was the amount of money that they had spent on the riders and the deposits that was owed, which came to nearly two grand. Um, It was quite obvious that just by the amount of people that we had there, there wasn't two grand to give there and then. Um, it was never talked about when this money would be paid back um, it was never talked about um, in any way and I always figured that um, Obviously, I would pay I would start to pay it back straight away and it was going to be quite a big amount But I would pay that out of my own money meaning that I could send some to charity um, That wasn't the case. I got quite an aggressive and um, threatening email from Ian saying why would I not be able to pay it in full Um, you know this is unprofessional blah 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 and I turned around to him and said we never talked about this it was never discussed and I you know it's quite clear that I didn't have we didn't make two grand for me to be able to pay you back and pay the rest of the band money and pay some to charity. However, I, I mean, I was, I got told that he was going to put a status up about me um, and um, he was going to tell everybody how unprofessional I was and how uh, never to work with me again, how I basically stole money off him, how because of me, um, he couldn't uh, pay some of his staff wages, so it needed to be sorted, blah, blah, blah. And it made me very, very ill because obviously this was something that. I did try and address, I did try and talk to him, and I did try and tell him that he didn't need to do, but kept getting told to shut the fuck up. And now I was left with this situation, um, I turned around to him and said, listen, um, if it's, you know, I, I don't want you to put a status up about me, I'm not unprofessional, you know, um, I want to sort this out. The next day, I said I will go and sell my download ticket. Something that was my Christmas present, and something that I was in, insanely excited to go and do and be at Download this year. I'd not been to Download since two thousand thirteen. From that then onwards, I hadn't had a pot to piss in, let alone go to Download. I was going to sell my download ticket. I was going to sell my Xbox. I was going to sell my TV. I was even going to sell my phone so I could get some money to give him because he of how aggressive and the threats he was, he was sending me if I didn't send this money. The only other thing that I had was the Cancer Bats show and he basically said, well, um, if you can't give him the money, then the only other way around it and the only way that I'll be happy and, you know, this will be sort of sorted is if i get in touch with live nation and say that i'm going to take over the show um and you basically sign over the Cancer about show to me this was the only way that i was going to be you know not have someone put lies and and at the end of the day um if ian and it later proved to be right that if he was to put up a status saying how unprofessional and make up all these lies and what I, whatever he wanted to put in that status that he was going to write about me, everyone thinks the sun shines out of his ass. So everybody was going to believe it. So I was left and backed into a situation where I was going to sell everything that I own in order to pay him this money that I kept saying he didn't need to pay in the first place, but kept getting told to shut the fuck up and it was sorted. I didn't need to worry about it. Like I say, I've got every bit of screenshot and evidence. I can back this shit up. I was gonna sell everything, man, in order to stop him from going out and publicly saying shit that wasn't true. And in even the sense that did I own the money? Yeah. But it wasn't how he was making it. He was making it like I was fucking evil. On top of that, um, you know, he was saying, "Well, you've got money to go to download. So, how have you not got money to pay for me?" I paid for my download ticket at Christmas. I had a tiny bit of money put to one side, which was in like a like it's like you know I've got a month we've got a monzo account. It's in like a little pot. That money I had saved up over the few months when it came to paying out things for the festival I just put a little bit of money aside so I'd have some money for download that little pot of money I had to dip into anyway in order to pay a couple of um a couple of bills I had to pay um discovered I had to pay um obviously Mallory Knox eyes and I ended up having no money left from the tickets once i'd sell, sold everything uh, once i'd uh, paid for everything um and i had this little bit of money for download and somebody who i mentioned on the last episode uh, will from the bunkhouse he has done had done so much for me he had made every poster he had altered every poster he'd made jay's logo he'd made jay's Posters for Jay. He had done so much for me for nothing, and he'd been asking me for a little bit of money um, for the work that he'd done. For it must have been about a month and a half, two months, and he was never nasty about it. It was like when you can. And eventually, he turned around. Was like, listen, man, it's my daughter's birthday. You know, I've been asking you for this money for quite a while. I really do need it. We're on our arse, and I I paid him the money that I paid him out of the money I had aside for download festival. Um, because, you know, he had done so much for me. Um, but, it ended up being sorted and I'd signed the Cancer Bat Show over to him and the day I did, I cried and I cried and I cried. That Cancer Back Show was the biggest thing I've ever done. I've worked for 10 years in this industry, and I have worked so hard, and can you, I first saw Cancer Bats Live about 10 years ago. Can you imagine what it meant to me to be able to book that show, and have to sign it over to Ian because he was blackmailing me, and he was basically, that's what it was, he was blackmailing me, and I was left with no other option. So I sent him I, I signed over the cancer bat show to him and I said are we all sorted now? This was after download festival. I was like are we all sorted now? He was like yes I was like am I still I said I've got a question to ask and I, I don't know if I know the answer to this But am I allowed to come to the show? I'd like to film it. I'd like to be there I'd like to do some interviews and he said yep yeah, absolutely of course you can I wouldn't stop you from coming so this has all happened regarding the festival and by that point i had been managing jay um for nearly 12 months and there had been some ups and downs there were some rocky situations dealing with him he is he was my best friend Uh, i thought i felt like he was my brother I felt like I could trust him with anything. I asked him to be the godfather to Chester. I, we were going to call... We were we named Chester, Chester J. Fogg. Um, because the day that I started managing Jay, my life turned around and things got better. And I felt like I owed him so much. Um, but it turned out that through a couple of months before the festival crack started to show where he was becoming distant from me he like the way he taught me and treat me and the way that he was with me really changed um i'd had we'd had a couple of fallouts where he would threaten me and he turned up to my house one time extremely annoyed uh because of the can the crazy bat crazy bats the crazy town show and the way that he was with me was just really, really different. And this all came to a head um, at the Holy Namsen show where his manager now, Chris, came with us, and it became become apparent very, very shortly into the, the journey down to the Holy Namsen show that he'd been work, he started to talk and be working with Chris on the side and um, It seemed like I was being replaced uh, On the way down to holding absinthe show then they were talking and Chris was saying I'm gonna do this and this and this for you and I was sat in the back looking out the window crying because I was like I, I've been I've been fucking replaced after everything that I'd done once again. I paid money out of my own pocket for the physical copies for his EP because the person who we went to held us up for money This was I had to pay. Uh, I think it was 60 pound out of my own money the week before Christmas And um, so we could get the physical copies of the EP. I paid money out of my own pocket to each month for his website his mum paid a certain amount of money but it was actually a little bit more and I paid that little bit more out of my own pocket because he didn't think it was worth the money to have the website in actuality it made him look really professional so I continued to pay that little bit of money and never told him um, I paid money to get his stuff up on Spotify and um, I paid money for other bits and that, and I paid all this money and put everything into being. <clears throat> uh, I put everything into being his manager and. and I'd obviously been replaced. And the reason behind this, I was told, was because in the run up to the festival, I didn't have any time or. Um, the attention wasn't going on getting him shows and doing things for him so he basically resented me for that and um he ended up working with chris the night after the night of the whole show we went back to jay's house and i was sat in his back garden and i was crying and i said listen it's quite obvious what's happened here it's quite obvious what's going on and Contracts or not, you've obviously don't want me to be your manager anymore. So, Chris, how about it? I what I can what? Yes, he was contracted to me, but Jay is a, a difficult character to deal with, and was I really gonna try and force him and be a dictator for another year? To manage him, was I really gonna put all my time, money, and effort into managing somebody that had decided that they didn't want me to be their manager anymore because I had to focus a little bit on the festival that I was doing? Um, The answer is no, and it hurt, it hurt a lot to do that, to have put so much time and energy, fuck the money. I like when we were doing his EP launch, like in the two weeks before his EP launch, I I was working five days, six days a week on promoting and getting his stuff sent out to rock sound, to uh, to riot acts, so that's not all, oh, you know, sending emails to Kerrang. Like this is legit. Once again, got all the evidence, and I wouldn't sleep, and I'd done all this for this person that I fought was an actual friend and it turned out that i was as easily replaceable as it is to do that um so coming away from that i I was very bitter i won't lie and i think i've got every right to be have uh, been bitter i'm not anymore you know shit happens time goes on and you know i'd rather put my energy into something that you know is is grateful, um, instead of doing it for somebody that was constantly ungrateful. So, after that, um, you know, I put a statement out about me no longer being his manager, um, and, um, I, you know, I booked him uh, a couple of shows. The European tour that he was going on, I booked that, um, and because I wasn't managing anymore, I had I felt like I had to get in touch with these people and say, you know, this isn't me anymore. I'm not going to be there. I'm not his manager. And just so you know, you know, this could potentially be a problem. I'm not going to say it on the podcast because it's not worth it. Um, but I was doing what I needed to do as a professional to these people who I'd worked with, uh, working with Jay, to say, you know, he's an amazing singer-songwriter he's an amazing guy but he has got problems and this could potentially come up i just need to let you know i wasn't doing it out of bitterness i wasn't actually doing that out of nastiness i got in touch with them and did what i had to do as a professional so they knew about any potential problems to know about his anxiety to know about him as a person because i'm not going to be there to manage him and they would know. So if he need, if he, if he had a bad day, you know, if he ha- if something happened, they'd know about it and they'd be able to help him. I did that for that reason to help him, because if I didn't make it apparent what could potentially happen and something did happen and they didn't know about it, it could have you know it could have ended really badly. And um, he took that as me basically slandering him and me spreading shit about him which wasn't the case I didn't make up a single lie I didn't say anything that wasn't the stone cold truth um, and he got very very uh, threatening very aggressive, very personal towards me I got threatened that my windows was gonna get put through my house was gonna get burnt down um, you know um, some really personal stuff about me being a dad. Um, about my own personal struggles because I've had many struggles over the past 10 years with drink, drugs, with, you know, I've had my own struggles, which I'm now so proud to say that I don't even drink now. I'm sat here drinking a pint of orange juice. And, you know, I, for somebody who has had such horrible Addiction problems for 10 years of my life. I can sit here and smile and say I've got a grip on it Which I'm so proud of Um, and It got very personal with Jay. It got very horrible. He Decided that he knew why I did that and I I wasn't gonna be able to you know convince him otherwise Um, So I told him basically I paid to put his money on Spotify and I wasn't willing to keep his music up there. So I originally said, you've got a week to sort it out, to get it replaced, um, and then I'm gonna take it down. He then continued with the threats over uh, text and WhatsApp. Um, so I turned around and was like, okay, I was gonna give you a week, I was being really nice, but in actuality, I'm taking your stuff down today. I'm not prepared to you know, pay any money and, ha- and help you anymore and i was helping you giving you a week uh, but you know and i took his stuff down on spotify um everything went quiet everything sort of um went silent and then he pops up again with more um sort of more aggression and blah blah towards me and I'd set up everything on my uh, phone and my laptop for him so uh, his email address like stuff going up on Spotify pretty much all of it was done on my phone because it just seemed it, it was it was way easier to put this stuff up and do this on my phone than it was on my laptop um, so I had his uh, J, J Factory music uh, email address um, on my phone as the primary uh, sort of person using that email Um, and I removed it off my phone um, and didn't realise and on on Chester and Ollie's life touch wood um, you know as God is my witness I didn't for a second believe that removing the email off my phone um, would remove his YouTube account which had his videos on it um, and you know that was a situation that was fucking awful uh, to be in. The next day, I got a message saying, "You've deleted my YouTube channel. That's it." You know, a lot. Yeah, a lot more threats. A lot, and it got really, really scary and intense. And I was, I was telling him I didn't mean to do that. I would just took the email off my account, off my phone. Um, I would try my hardest to get in touch with Google and see if anything could be rectified and once again He kept threatening me. So I said I'm not gonna help you. I'm not going. I did something by mistake And I'm gonna try and rectify it, but I kept getting threats. So I was like, I'm not in that case I'm not going to ring Google which is an American number that's fucking one pound fifty a minute to try and see what I could do. I wasn't going to do that when somebody was being as aggressive and threatening. Um, and he basically said that he, you know, he was going to, um, put status out, um, uh, saying what he said. Um, you know, he, he was going to do it. I think, I think he said like a, a week in a week, blah, 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 if I didn't sort this out to which I said I've looked into it. There's nothing that I can do um, you know, I Don't understand why you would put something like that out which you know, but he then just sort of blanks me and that was that um, I um, I Went to download but so a lot of this is sort of like I'm trying to keep it as it's sort of in the timeline as possible um uh, i went to download uh before this statement came on so this is a couple of weeks before I'm just backtracking a bit now uh, i went to download i went with the guys in octopus montage i we had we pitched next to each other i was with them the whole whole time um and i think for the week i had about a little over 100 quid or whatever which isn't a lot at download festival if you've ever been what i had basically had was enough just to get me through um and you know came back and I, this was i think a week or so before the whole nabs show and went and saw jay and was like it was amazing blah 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 um you know it was a great time um then the fallout happened and then we're back to where we were um the download thing obviously if it is relevant, relevance which is why I have to mention it. Um so basically I was in bed um and uh, Heidi was next to me um and we were watching TV or whatever and it was about half nine <laughs> about half nine, ten o'clock and i had a couple of people pop up uh on messenger on my phone um one person i can't remember who it was that messaged so it's not that i'm i'm you know protecting anybody like i just can't remember it's this is where it gets a bit crazy i'm sure you can imagine um i got a couple of people that popped up and said dude have you seen jay's status and it was the day before he was about to fly out to Europe and I was like, no, 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 man, I have not. And then Will um, Will messaged me and he screenshotted it and um, he sent it me and the message after he sent me the screenshot was, Well, first of all, what he said was what the fuck is this true? I was like, Absolutely not. I I promise you on all his life this not a word of it is true. And he turned around and in capitals he was like, Listen, you can be honest with me, I'll be fucking absolutely furious. He was like, But I need you to tell me the truth because if you if if you if you can promise me and you absolutely swear on your fucking son's life that you have not done this i'm going to go and fucking stick up for you and i'm going to i'm going to fucking stand you know i'm going to fight your corner he was like but you need to be fucking truthful he was like because if i stick up for you and if any of this is true you know this will you know t- this will be the last of your worries to which i said I promise you this isn't true i didn't do this and he was like okay and he went and stuck up for me and five minutes later he messaged me and was like you do realize this is in a matter of minutes this has been shared so much that this is the end of your career he was like no matter what happens whether it's true or not this this is it and i read those words and I've, you know, people fucking love or hate me. If you hate me, you hate me. People think it's funny to look at me when I I did my onstage stuff and say it's karaoke Chris. You know, he's not a real artist. You know, he's fucking, you know, he's a tribute, he's a karaoke artist. But I put everything into everything that I've ever done. I'd worked for nearly a year on the festival and doing this, I'd worked for a year managing jay and to read those words that that's it your career is now over because of a statement that was filled with lies it that was it it killed me and um like i said at the start these are all facts and this is true um and i you know i'm not proud i'm not you know this hurts me to talk about this bit but i read that and i just lay there and cried and heidi was by the side of me and she was already messaging sticking up for me and i just read it and i started reading the replies ian from the waterloo had shared it and put a load of shit about it as a state saying I can't believe after all the help that we gave him I actually believe this guy and it all went up his nose blah 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 he really stood in that knife in and him sharing it and he tagged a load of people he tagged a load of promoters and people and he jumped on Jay on on Jay's side and he shared it a load of other people shared it before even giving me the chance to say it's true or false supposed evidence, supposed to post evidence to the proof people had shared it i think about 200 times within an hour and i thought that's it that's that's it that's, uh, it's over and i went downstairs and i took uh, nearly 50 of my um, bipolar medication my quetiapine and i came back upstairs i got back into bed and I lay there and closed my eyes and prepared to die. I I prepared to not wake up again and Heidi was on the other side of the bed to me and she knew exactly what I had done and she was just crying. She was just crying because what what the fuck could she do? And i had people messaging me um threatening me i had people i had somebody that had messaged me and got into my uh spam and said um you know i told you to leave jay alone um you say one more thing about him i'm gonna make sure that you get tied up and put in my boot and you'll never be seen again i got threats on the status saying tell me who he is tell me where he lives i'll go and put his windows through." Um, I had people um, wishing like death on me, on my son, on my fiance. I had people that were saying that they were gonna come come round and put my windows through there and then, like like I read those comments and they were so they were so personal and people jumped on it and the more p- the m- people commented, the most on Ian's share of it um, and a lot of people shared it and blah 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 and I switched my phone off and that was it for me I wanted to never wake up again and Heidi, my fiancé the person that's by my side she would not let me fucking fail and even though I've slept for nearly 48 hours and she continued to Fight my corner, and I had a few people that read this and actually stuck up for me. And and even if they didn't turn around and go, Do you know what? This is bullshit. I know Chris is a stand up guy. There's a couple of people that could have quite easily jumped on it and said, "Fucking burn his house down," and turned around and was like, "Wait a minute," you know, you're all quick to fucking jump on this, but. Chris has said that, and it was actually Heidi that said, I'll post the evidence that this isn't true in 24 hours, and she said 24 hours because she needed to get all the screenshots together, she had to get everything together, in and amongst trying to keep me alive and try to keep herself sane and look after my son, so she asked for 24 hours, and people are so quick to go, why do you need 24 hours? It's obviously bullshit, because you need time to fucking scramble and make stuff up no, she wanted to get all the proof together and make sure it was there and um, I think within 6-7 hours she stayed up all night literally she didn't sleep because she was getting all the evidence together she didn't sleep a wink and the next morning she posted it and she posted all the facts and figures and everything and a few people went fair enough I'm sorry, and you know, apologize on the status. Not to me personally, not one person that said anything horrible about me or to me or about my kids, about anything, have messaged me, have gotten in touch with me, even to this day, to say I'm sorry. Not one person. Um, and I messaged Ian and turned around and was like, dude, what the fuck? How can you share that and say what you've said when you've not even given me chance? And he was like, it, like, his reply was, fuck off, Chris. You know, you're an absolute fucking, sorry. You're an absolute fucking piece of shit. Like, I don't need to see the evidence. I don't need to see the proof. I knew you were a scumbag, blah, blah, blah. I never, ever want to see you again. This was one week before the Cancer Bat show. The show that I had signed over to him, but was still going to the biggest show of my fucking life. And he turned around and said, I, you were a scumbag. I don't have anything to do with you. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care if it's the truth. You know, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'm i not going to take it down. I'm not going to remove it. I, even when I put the evidence out, I messaged him and was like, look, there's the proof. I sent it to him and he was like, I don't care about the proof. I'm not taking it down. I'm not going to post the facts. I don't give a fuck. He fucked me over. He be- I was never going to be allowed to go to that cancer about show. He had... He had... He had completely robbed everything of me. He had taken everything. And what's really funny is... Everybody turned around and was like... Just keep quiet. Just let it you know, ride out, Chris. Don't say anything. Because you don't want to come off as unprofessional. He fucking shared... That statement, he shared that pack of lies incriminating me, because it's a criminal offence to fucking steal money from charity, don't you know? Um, he's He shared it and put up lies on top of it about me and yet yeah, I would be the unprofessional one if I said anything about this or about him. I would be the unprofessional one, but yet... Yeah, A load of people have put up a load of lies about me and that's not unprofessional. This is one of them situations where because I am who I am and people either like me or dislike me, it's the whole, don't say anything because you're gonna come off as unprofessional. How am I gonna come off as unprofessional when this has been done and it's all lies? Not only had every bit of money that had come in from that festival gone, to paying bands, to doing this, to doing that, but also out of my own money. Over the 11 months or 12 months of being the festival and after, I spent nearly a grand of my own money on getting camera equipment, on getting shit like that, on getting things for the festival. I spent all that money out of my own pocket. And yeah, if I say anything, I'm unprofessional, but these, these people can say whatever they want and it's not unprofessional, it's not bad. So, I wasn't allowed to go to the cancel match show. That, the day of the show, I switched my phone off, I watched a film and I went to bed, I did not want to go on Facebook, I didn't want to see people talk about it. I couldn't, it was too painful. But something that I did see, and something that really, really fucking annoyed me was um, <clears throat> Lucas, the lead singer of Avarice. Avarice and Lucas, by the way, being Ian's son. It, it, Lucas is Ian's son. So him getting the, his band onto the Cancel match show and getting A of the Hound kicked off and getting Avarice... ...higher up the bill... ...because they're the biggest band in Blackpool. ...I'm not just saying this because I'm their dad... ...I'm saying this because it's the facts... ...they'll bring 60 people in at least... ...when they brought fucking nobody... ...that guy... ...Lucas... ...I um. ...I... ...went on his status... ...and he had shared... ...the... ...statement... ...I'm saying it in fucking inverted commas... ...the... ...you know statement packed full of lies about me um and he 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 shared the status and put I'm so glad that somebody's finally coming out and talking about this fucking scumbag and utter cunt Chris Fogg who is an absolute disgrace and uh, an embarrassment to the music industry a scumbag and a disgrace and a cunt three days Before he opened for the Cancer Bats at the Waterloo the biggest show his shit band ever gonna play A month and a half before played high as fuck up the bill when they brought nobody Playing with shapes and envisions and He shared that and said I'm glad somebody came out and said something about this fucking scumbag I wasn't a scumbag when I put your band on with cancer bats. I wasn't a scumbag when I put your highest fuck up the bill with shapes. I was the, I, I quote you at uh, uh, the evening of the festival after you came on the stage. You're an absolute fucking legend. You have done so much for this scene. You are doing so much for this live scene. You are the best thing to happen to Blackpool and then these lies get shared about me and he goes, I'm a disgrace, a cunt and a scumbag. Let's talk a little bit about Avarice. Why are they the biggest band in Blackpool? Maybe because their dad owns the Waterloo and he puts them on every single show that they're remotely suitable for they played three times in one month on the month of the Cancer Bats show once with Cancer Bats once with uh, Blaze Bailey and once with a Six Pounder three times do you know the amount of bands that I put on the festival that Ian turned round and was like mate they're fucking absolute dog shit they played here a month or so ago and only brought ten people this guy who who precedes himself and everybody thinks is the best things to happened to Blackpool and he's so amazing in everything about the local scene. He supports it. Does he fuck? It's all lies. He does nothing to help the local band scene. He's such an elitist. He'll put a band on a show. He'll give them a Sunday fucking gig. With a couple of local bands and when they don't bring hundreds of people because they've not had the exposure And they've not had the chance to play Blackpool and build themselves up. He'll turn around was like they're shit They're never playing here again. They only brought X amount of people This is this guy who supports the local scene and that supports the local bands This is that guy And also this is the guy that was threatening me and you know blackmailing me so I gave him the cancer out show after saying he had no money he had no money physically to pay his bar staff but then the week after went in VIP camping at download festival And the, the bit of money that I did have for download festival kept getting smaller and smaller because I had bits and bats to pay. He was happy for his bar staff apparently not to be paid, but he was happy to jump on download and VIP camping. He was happy to blackmail the Cancer Act show out of me. Another show, by the way, the only show to get put in Kerrang! But he was happy to do what he did. And everybody that shared that statement and shared all those lies about me were happy to do so without even giving me the second of a chance to post the facts and to both post the evidence. Do you know what? I might be somebody that rubs people up the wrong way. It's always been the same. It's one of my fucking traits. I don't mean to do it, I don't mean to be a love or hate person, I try to be somebody that's nice and open and you know warming and you know come to me if you want help or advice or I try and be that nice person but sometimes whatever I do manages to rub people on the wrong way and I get a bad rep for it Sometimes I have a bad day and I'll go to a show and act a bit unprofessionally Because I have a bad day and that one show out of a hundred in that year Everybody says I'm a cunt because I, I behaved in a certain way that one day I'm just that person that people just like and then fucking dislike and you know what? I'm actually not a bad person. I actually do so much because I care about this industry I care about music I care about it, so I'll work tirelessly. I'll work day in, day out without any sleep to do these things, to do the festival, to do the cancer bats, to do other bits and pieces for the Blackpool scene. I do that, not for any money. I don't, do you, I wasn't gonna make any money from the festival. It was all supposed to be going to charity, but yet I kept putting money into it out of my own pocket because it was the best for the Blackpool live scene. Why would I put nearly a grand of my own money into trying to do advertising and shit like that and not get it back if I'm a cunt and I didn't care about it? Why would I do that? Obviously, not to win the respect and the admiration from my peers, because within two seconds, somebody can post a load of lies about me, and then I'm the biggest cunt in the world, Ollie, here, and and that's how people desert, decide to treat me for no reason, no reason whatsoever. Ollie, I'm coming down soon. Love you. Quick so, cuddle. Quick cuddle. Two seconds. Come here. I was giving you a quick cuddle. Just say hello. Say hello. Hello. Say hello to everybody. Oh, yeah. Go on. I'm coming down soon. I'm nearly finished. Go on. I just need to finish this. Yeah. I'm coming down soon. Love you. I'm that person. Sorry. <laughs> if you heard it, my uh, my little boy Ollie just said hello to everybody. Um, I'm that person. I'm that person that is the best thing one month and then people turn their backs and say shit about me I had so many people share that status and not only share the statement but also turn around and say that I'm a bad dad that I don't look after my kids because I fucking do I have many times when we lived in Bolton and we had next to no money to live on made sure that there was food on the table for Heidi and Ollie and I went without any food that's a. And I would do it every single day of the week. My so, my my children want for nothing. I am. You can call me a lot of things, but I'm not a bad dad. I have had my addictions. I have had my vices. I have had my problems with drink and drugs, and it was so. It. Do you know what? Maybe it was kind of. It was almost almost believable in a way like it was sort of 50-50 did he do that because I'm accusing him of taking a load of coke and you know Chris has had his problems with his coke and, and has been quite open about it so maybe maybe it could be true let's give him a bit of chance to show us the truth and if he can't well fuck it yeah it must be, a tr- it must be the truth but instead nobody did that And there are still people, to this day, that are posting shit about me and saying how I am bad and detrimental and the worst thing for the music scene, when it was all lies. But these people, I can't say anything. Putting this podcast out, I can guarantee, within a day of putting this podcast out, people will be saying, this will cause World War III. But unfortunately, staying silent and doing nothing has done nothing for me because everybody's chose to believe them. And someone said it perfectly before. When you stay quiet, those with the bigger mouths and, you know, creating the most fuss and making, you know, the biggest fucking look over here, look over here, it must be true because he's not saying anything, but we're saying all this stuff and he's not replying to it. Well, it must be true. I haven't said anything up until now because I got told that it was the wrong thing to do. But do you know what? Everything that I've said is absolute fact. And is and, and I've I can screenshot, I can fucking give you any proof that you need. It is all 100% fact. And it's a shame. It's a massive shame. Because you know what? The Waterloo is something special and is something great for Blackpool. But unfortunately, the person running it is your average cunt and snake and slimy, horrible character within music. But he's so good at making it look like fucking his shit doesn't stink. Avarice are perceived to be the biggest band, or the biggest metal band, in Blackpool. Where in actuality they're only perceived as that because they're the only ones fucking getting the decent gigs round here. No one else gets a chance, and why do they keep getting in the chances? Well, I, I put money on because of who their fucking who Luke's dad is. <laughs> It is almost impossible for anybody else to get shows at the Waterloo, to get spots on decent shows at the Waterloo. And if you do get a chance, and you don't bring 200 people in, then you're looked at by those people as being shit and unreliable and blacklisted. Legit. There are about three or four bands that played my festival that when I told them they were booked, the reply I got was, they're shit, they bring nobody, they have no fan base, they play their X amount and they'll never play here again, but if you wanna put them on. And it is my belief to this day that Ian kept trying to back me into a corner to put Avarice on as main support for Envisions and Shades and that was never ever gonna happen because On Hollow Ground had that spot and they deserved it and they were never, ever going to have that spot taken off them. Avarice didn't deserve any spot other than fucking open in the end because the 60, 70 people that they were going to bring at least were having the tea. Having the tea on a Saturday on the biggest show to come to Blackpool of, the, of this genre and that band with a massive fan base, but not one person bought a ticket. So anybody that gets an email and gets told about Avarice, this big band and all these amazing things that they've done, all these amazing shows they've played, just look at where the shows were and just look at who fucking booked them. Because it's all lies. There are so, there was such a, a bigger and better pool of local unsigned bands out there here that just don't get the opportunity, that don't get the chance, that don't get the spots. Daybreaker, they play Bloodstock. Absolutely fantastic. Fucking incredible band. They just play Bloodstock off their own backs, went into battle of the bands. Absolutely smashing it right now. And they are by far much better and should have bigger opportunities than Avarice. My, my boys in Optimus Montage, absolutely killing it. Smashing it, works so hard. They're fantastic. There are, there, we have a scene here in Blackpool. We have a decent talent pool. Uh, Twisted Obsession, they're from, they're from Preston. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Where Oceans Burn, Where Oceans Burn have done three, four shows. And I can tell you right now that they are 100 times better than Avarice. If, if you, you, you're listening to this and you take anything away, you're booking a show and you've only got one spot, book them. Because reputations don't precede people. Lies and, and, you know, false statements are surrounding this place. I believed in Waterloo. I really did. I had so much respect for Ian. And who did he get to sponsor the cancer bat show after everything if, if, I, if, if he hadn't fucking stuck the knife in and, and turned his back on me and, and you know shown just how much of a slimy cunt he is who did he get to sponsor the cancer bat show Raucus, knowing full well what raucous are who raucus are and just how bad that fat cunt Mark is. That's another two hours in itself about Raukes. And he knew full well what they did. And what what me hanging myself. Or me trying to hang myself last year. Was because of Raukes and everything that they'd done. One time. We worked with Bootleg. Me, Mark and Raukes. And after the show I got an email. Saying We never want to fucking work with them again. We like you, but we don't want to work with them anymore. We don't want to work with Raw because we want nothing to do with them. But yeah, he got them to sponsor my show. The show that I wasn't allowed to be at. The biggest fucking achievement of my career and I was fucked over and not allowed to go. right so I'm going to wrap this up this bit anyway and then I'm going to end on something super positive and super you know something good Um, the backlash that's come from this is still there to this day and this is the reason that I'm putting this podcast out here today because people still to this day talk about me and say things about me like any like one single bit of anything that them those that pool of people said was the truth and it wasn't it's not i am not a bad horrible person i'm a cunt i i am a cunt i open my hands i fucking i can be a proper prick but i am not this person that people are saying that i am not only did I not steal money from charity, but even if I did take that money, I wouldn't have been stealing it because I put more money than the amount that was left anyway. So what would be the point? What would be the point in stealing a couple of hundred quid to spend on coke for download festival when I'd spent nearly triple it doing the festival? It makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Why would I steal less money than I fucking put in? You would have to be a special kind of retard to put nearly a grand of your own money in or to steal a couple of hundred quid. What? So, yeah. People that listen to this and want to say... You're unprofessional, you can't say this about Ian, you can't say this about the Waterloo, They've done so much for this town. They've done just look at how they reacted to that little article that came out with the fifteen greatest music venues in the UK. And Bootleg Social was on it. Bootleg Social and Blackpool was on it. And they weren't. Look at their reaction. Look at how they handled that. Look at it. All because they weren't pop. On that list absolutely pathetic absolutely pathetic right so to end this episode I'm going to talk about something much more positive and much better and that was last week I went to Manchester Club Academy to go and watch Ice Nine Kills now Iceland Kills are one of my favorite bands if like they're definitely up there in my top three. The Silver Scream is one of my favorite albums released this decade. I listen to it on average at least five, six times a week. Um, and in the run-up, um, like there was no supports uh, announced for it. Um, and a couple of weeks before it got announced that the supports, for this tour would be um, a band, um, I'm just gonna check, I'm just gonna double check that they are from Leeds, I believe they are, um, uh, but a, a band called Values um, were um, added as the only support band um, for uh, this tour. And I saw that and was like, I was super disappointed because on the American leg of this tour, they had some really good supports, really big names. Um, Yeah, they are from Leeds. Um, And they're also signed to stay sick. Absolutely incredible. Um, And um, I was really open and quite vocal about how I was pissed off that these were the support and we didn't get even, you know, a taste of the level of support bands that they had had on this tour in America, and um, so I walked up to the venue, uh, had my meet and greet, got to meet the guys, uh, got to meet Spencer, and it was it was absolutely amazing. Like it was, you couldn't knock the smile off my face, and um, doors open, and you know support band comes on which like i say was values i uh so i have i had heard of values i'm pretty sure i've seen them before uh but i couldn't tell you where or when but i was pretty sure i, I definitely heard of them anyway and these guys came on stage and oh my god they are were by far the, one of the best support bands I'd seen for any tour, let alone it be a support band that no one had really heard, heard of and had been added two weeks before the tour, a huge thingy. The vocalist came on, sta- on stage sorry, and you could not knock the smile off this guy's face. He was smiling consistently for half an hour, 45 minutes, and you could tell how much it meant to him, to the band. But that aside, they were absolutely fucking phenomenal. So good. And I would actually tried to listen to their stuff on Spotify before seeing them, and oh my God, their stuff live is so big. And let me tell you right now if you've not heard of this band you need to go and listen to them and you need to go and give them some support I was absolutely blown away and still am for how good these guys are and I wanted to end this episode on talking about something that is positive and is amazing and exciting because it just goes to show that you could have A a few big bands supporting on there that do this day in day out every single day and it's just another tour to them but you could tell how much it's meant to those guys and they really put everything out there on that stage even when the vocalist had to have a puff on his inhaler because he was fucking gassed he was still smiling he had honest to god guys absolutely phenomenal, and I, I am going to bring them to Blackpool, because they really are good, I am going to bring these guys over here, they were phenomenal and then Ice Nine Kills were, it was a mix of a metalcore, heavy as fuck show mixed with almost some, like a heavy dose of theatre um and they put on a show. It was so smooth. They had, they had like, like so. The silver screen is based on horror films, and every trick in the book is based on uh, books. And um, they would have like so for rocking the boat. They would have somebody in a, a shark jaws outfit come out on stage um, for um, for testimony. They uh, Sorry, no, for Love Bites, they had someone in a dress come out um, and they did, like, this ballroom. Like, oh, it was so good for um, It Is The End because of everything that's happened with Disney. They had someone come out dressed as Mickey Mouse and it was just an amazing, amazing evening. And like I say, for my final point on this episode I cannot say enough amazing positive good things about values please go and check those guys out because trust me you will not be disappointed You, you they deserve everybody's attention and then some so this is it that's it for um, this episode I hope you all enjoy you enjoy listening to it I hope you all appreciate it I hope you all appreciate why I'm doing it and you know everything that I've said is the truth just before you listen to this and you turn around and go oh it's, it's all lies he's a liar what what do I what is the point in lying the damage that those set of people have tried to do and potentially done to some to an innocent ...hard-working as fuck... ...dedicated person... ...for the Blackpool scene... ...what they did... ...and what they have done... ...and continue to do... ...is so... ...it is massive... ...and so detrimental... ...and so... ...hurtful... ...what... ...what would I get... ...out of lying... ...what would be the point... ...so just think that... ...before... You listen and sit around and try and accuse me and point the finger for making shit up and lying because every single thing that I have said during this episode is the truth. And unfortunately, it's been the truth and something that I I have to live with and still have to live with to this day. So, thank you so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, in a couple of days I'm gonna put out the podcast um with my first uh guest which was Jamal uh, Lewis the drummer um for a few uh bands over in Manchester nothing like my genre he plays in like a funk soul hip-hop um you know fusion band but we talk about a lot of big things um and we also talk about you know back in the day when we were wrestling uh, together, and we talk about the wrestling days, and we talk about music as well. And um, it was a lot of fun to do that, and I'm really excited to get that out and um, let you guys hear it. So that will be coming out in the next couple of days, but I needed to put this one out there first, and you know, hopefully put this to bed and. Sh- and- Anyone that listens to it show that I'm not a fuck. I'm not that person. that Everybody's trying to say that I am I, I Love this music scene and there has been so many reasons and so many situations over the past Over the past three four years that have happened to me and I've had to live with the I could acquire easily turned my back and shut the door on music and just gone on to do something else something that i wouldn't have to live with stuff like this and deal with it however music is my life it is what i live and breathe and i fucking love it and i can't have some people out there trying to say that i am a scumbag i'm a liar i'm a thief anything like that because i'm not and i put i constantly put my own money into trying to do these things and don't get a single penny out of it and don't want a penny out of it i just want to do something good and positive and special for the the live music scene and now the live music scene here in blackpool so thank you so much for listening guys I really appreciate it and I uh, I hope you enjoy uh, the podcast with Jamal which will be coming out in a few days thank you so much for listening guys I've been Chris Fogg let's try that again I've been Chris Fogg it's been the Hang Tight Podcast have a great weekend guys bye